This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we will be speaking with Brendan Carroll from the VCE Drama and Theatre Studies Network as we talk through the Assessor's Report for the 2019 written exam for VCE Drama. The VCE Assessor's Report can be found at the VCAA website. There's also a link to it in the description of this episode. Please note, this episode is not authorised by the VCAA. This is two passionate drama teachers trying to help out students and teachers around the state. Without any further ado, from Peninsula Grammar, we welcome Brendan Carroll to the Aside Podcast. We have Brendan Carroll from the Drama and Theatre Studies Network. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me, Nick. So thank you so much for being here. Have you had an okay day? I had a fantastic day where we're back in the swing of things where I teach and um, and everyone's sort of like getting back into the spirit of drama and theatre and, and collaboration and being together. So it's a really good feeling. Awesome. Brilliant. So this 2019 VCU Drama Written Exam Report, are we excited to make our way through it? Yeah, I'm excited just to have a bit of a chat about it. I mean, like we're, we're just going to go through bit by bit and just provide like, a, you know, a bit of like our understanding as, as drama teachers as to what they, um, the assessors have written here in the report. Yeah, and we're not going to be reading it verbatim. We are going to be paraphrasing and talking through it. If you would like to read the document, uh, we suggest having it open while we talk and maybe even having a copy of the 2019 VCE Drama Written Exam open as well. That's right. You can easily find it just by you know, going to Google and typing in VCAA Drama um, Exam Examination Report, and that will be one of the first thing that comes up. And we'll have links to it in the description as well, so you can just click straight on that if you need to. Beautiful. Great. Well, it starts with some general comments, the written exam report, and then we yeah. jump into advice for teachers. And these uh, are really great. The, the advice for like students and teachers, if you don't read, if you can't read the whole exam report, if you can't be bothered. This is the main thing you should read the very front page. Absolutely. Uh, and this tells us some things we need to know. So dot point one is that ensure that the students know the difference between the playmaking techniques, the dramatic elements, production areas, expressive skills, and performance skills. If you still don't know the difference between each of those, or you can't say them on the spot or automatically, really go back and have have a look at all of those. Yeah, yeah, that's really basic stuff. That's the absolute basic bit of what you need to know. And if you, if you don't know where they are, where to find them, they are in the study design. They're in like a few pages in. There's Every single one of those is um, is explained and, and defined in the study design. And the playmaking techniques are literally the techniques for making a play. So we're looking at researching, brainstorming, uh, improvising, scripting. The dramatic elements are those elements of drama. So Mr. T, 2S, 3C, that mood, rhythm, tension. So what are the elements of drama in that way? Production areas are areas that you work on in production. Uh, so. like, yeah, like costume, lighting, sound, etc. Absolutely. Expressive skills are how you express yourselves with your with your face and your body and your movements. And then performance skills are kind of the director's hat moment. So the focus and the timing and the act audience relationship and energy. Yeah, excellent. Now, the next one was you have to understand how actors manipulate the convention of symbol to communicate ideas and themes through like actions, gestures, language, facial expressions, object props, you know, etc. I think I think some people, some students find it really hard to accurately describe how symbol can be applied. Um, and I think one of the easiest things I say to my kids is 
Um, go to something that's really obvious, like color, for example. Color is such an easy way to talk about symbolism, like, you know, because color is already symbolically loaded with so much meaning. So you know, a red costume or a black costume or a white costume can mean so many different things. Um, but they, but they say here, you know, look at look at other things like objects and props. So, for example, if you had um, this is a bit more complex, but if you had a, a wedding and, and at, during the wedding you were tying a rope in a knot, then that's symbolic of tying the knot. And then as the relationship falls apart, that rope gets untied, therefore untying the knot. That's that's a way. Of, I think it's good to have like a whole bunch of just images and and ways of to talk about symbolism in your mind ready to go, so that um, when you get an, a question in the exam, you can go, oh, I've got something I can use for this. Bang. Done. Absolutely. Uh, also really important to have a clear understanding of techniques used by actors to transform between characters, times and places. Uh, the example here is through snap transitions, morphing expressive skills, giving and taking, action and reaction, use of production areas, use of word or sound, use of an action or a gesture, use of heightened language and repetition. So there are quite a few resources out there for understanding transformation techniques. Uh, there's some on the Aside podcast, there's some for Drama Victoria Presents, there's some at the Drama Teacher. Uh, there's lots of different uh, resources out there to help you if you're not sure about the techniques yet. Mm, I think a common mistake students make in the drama exam is when they have to describe a transformation rather than describing how the transformation happens. They just say, oh, one moment will be here and the next moment will be there. But they don't actually just say how the transformation ha happens using language or words or actions to, to assist the transformation. And you can actually link that last dot point in this one. The, the transformation technique can be symbolic. So exactly. yeah. if you use the give and the take, what does that mean? If you yeah. use the morphing, what does that mean? The next piece of advice here is have a depth of knowledge about the range of conventions and performance styles. So I'm assuming here that, that uh, the range is an important word there. Maybe students go in with just one performance style in mind or, or just one or two conventions in mind and trying to make them fit no matter what the question says. Whereas knowing an actual range of them would assist you in, um, in being able to better, better answer the questions. And if you've just finished your VC drama solo, um, you understand there were a range of conventions you could choose and select from. So at least starting with those might be a great start, exaggerated movement and pathos and the, the list goes on, but yeah, yeah, drawing from those. And then there's understanding the difference, very important between analyzing and evaluating. So analyzing means to examine in detail to discover the meaning of something and evaluation means to make a judgment about or, or to critique it. So mm. analyzing is you're not giving a judgment, but when you're asked to evaluate, you must critique it. You give a personal opinion about whether it was effective or not. Yeah, I think it's a really great idea to have. Um, I think a lot of students get stuck with evaluating with just saying the word they were able to successfully do this or effectively do that. And I think that um, they get stuck with those words. It's probably a really good idea to make it a list of evaluative language if, or even just Google this if you want a shortcut and find, you know, how else can you say, you know, successfully or, you know, maybe you say there was a clever use of a technique or, you know, just try and expand your language around evaluation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so there's a range of words that you can use and find. And you, we've also got an episode of the aside uh, that looks at the difference between analyzing and evaluating, if you're still not sure about that. Uh, they also asked us uh, to use pertinent examples. Um, yes. That means not finding obscure responses to answers, but find ones that make sense and work for the question. So that yeah. probably comes down to having multiple examples ready to go, right? And I think that also is like, when you need to have a range of examples. So that way you're not trying to fit an example into a question that doesn't work. Yeah. 
Uh, and then the next one is to provide clear and concise answers to the questions. So try, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, try not to talk. Get to the much. point. That's right. Don't mm. over talk. Get to the point. Don't be muddled. Use descriptive, detailed examples. Um, I think that's what they mean by that. Absolutely. Uh, and carefully label their response as being continued at the back of the answer book. So I think uh, that probably means often there are students writing responses and then the sentence stops. And rather than saying, you know, please continue on to the back of the paper or the extra paper, the, the assessors have assumed they've just stopped or they don't know when they look at the, the extra space uh, what the answers relate to. So yeah. even just an asterisk to say question three, continue, and then an asterisk on the extra paper, question three, continued. Yeah, that'd be perfect. And of course, the most one of the most important one is once is using drama specific language and terminology appropriately. You should definitely be making a terminology list, a glossary that um, that you can refer back to all the time. Great. Uh, we're now going to jump into the the meat of this document, and we're going to be talking through each of the questions um, just for a moment or two, and talking about what to think about when looking at those questions and answering them. And we're going to start and make our way through chronologically. Start with section A. And I think it's important to say that we um we're not going to tell you how to answer the questions or give you specific examples of our own. If you want to do that. If that's what you're into or what you're looking for, then we have another podcast that we made earlier on in the year, back in December, I think, looking at each of the questions on the exams and talking about how we might answer them. But this one is more on the advice or the learnings from the, um, the exam report. Great. And then we have a question 1A, and that asks them to describe how one production area was used in the performance of a selected play. Mm, it seems that... From the um, from the advice here, that a lot of it's a, it's an easy question to start with, just a three marker. But um, most students that scored uh, lo, you know wrote low scoring responses tended to use um, things that weren't production areas, maybe dramatic elements or maybe playmaking techniques. So getting confused there. Yeah, and high scoring responses focused on a specific moment within the performance, uh, and then responses were really descriptive and they used appropriate uh, terminology at that point. Um, uh, and they discuss different elements from the players. Obviously this year they'll have so many different players that it's going to be tricky for them to have a question such as yeah. this, yeah. Uh, but be ready to talk about how the production area was used in whatever performance you watched. Part B of the question wanted you to evaluate how actors manipulated an actor audience relationship in one particular moment. And uh, it says here in the, in the report that the skill of evaluation continues to be a challenge for the students. So that's why it's really important to have you know, evaluative language ready at your disposal. So a few weeks ago, I stumbled upon a list of words that a previous drama teacher had worked on with, with their VC Theatre Studies class. And it's fantastic, the wonderful Amanda Sykes. So here are some uh, evaluative words you might use. So for successful evaluation, it might be clearly, subtly, controlled, dynamically, focused, skillfully, beautifully, brilliantly, poignantly, um, excellent or successful or effective, fluent, Fluidly, engaging, well-paced, well-controlled, lyrical, evocative, believable, well-researched, expertly timed. And then you can contrast that with things like um, unsuccessful evaluative terminology like awkward, broad, um, broke the suspension of disbelief, careless, clunky, confusing, decontextualized, it was disjointed or distancing or distracting, flat, jarring, labored, lackluster, monotonous. Um, and obviously the list goes on. There are word lists out there that you can find. Uh, just make sure that you're using the appropriate one at the right time. Those are so good. How can the students listening get a hold of those? I'll put them in the comments. Oh, love it. 
Love it. Um, I think it's also important to say that um, in this question, actor audience relationship, to, to discuss actor audience relationship properly, you have to comment on like the mood evoked in the audience, whether you're talking about like laughter or fear or a gasp or, or you know, that's, that's usually where you need to go when talking about actor audience relationship. Absolutely. And then was it successfully done or not? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time uh, students assume things when they're writing responses. If I write this, you will assume the answer, but no, we need to know exactly how the audience felt or how the creatives wanted them to feel so we can see if that was successful or not. Yeah, fantastic. Let's look at questions 1C now. So the, mm -hmm. the third part of the question was analyze how the actors used conventions to represent character and to communicate meaning in the performance. So the highest scoring responses here indicated a thorough and insightful understanding of the play um, through their analysis of how several conventions were used to represent character and also communicate meaning. So I think several is really important here that um, you don't focus too much on one convention um, and that you have a broad understanding of lots of conventions as well. And that you chose a pertinent example, a really clear example that you could dive deeply onto and, uh, and low scoring responses did the opposite. So they neglected to discuss the representation of character or meaning in the performance and less successful responses um, relied on pre-scripted answers. So this is work you've done in class that they were trying to work for this answer, but it really didn't. Yeah, I think it's important to look at communicating meaning as well and, and understand um, that you have to not just describe what was on stage, but also analyze that and say, well, why was that done? What was the effect? What was the meaning created? Um, I think that's really important to take note of as well. Now, section B, which is the next section where you're working on an ensemble performance based on two stimulus images, it's quite detailed and there's a lot of information there. So if you're interested in a bit more context about what that was, to definitely go to the exam and have a read rather than us uh, rehash that now. So the first question in section B um, was to describe the dramatic potential of one or both of the stimulus images provided. And you can see those if you're reading through the exam. Um, and the dramatic potential could be expressed as one of the following. They give you a list, character, theme, scenario, moods, conventions, et cetera. It's a very quick one, just two marks. And some people don't know what dramatic potential means, which I think is interesting. The yeah. idea of the, the dramatic potential of something. And yeah. uh, I think even my students asked me to describe dramatic potential uh, a while ago. And that was about, oh, well, that's just the word dramatic and potential. You know, if you, if you have, <laughs> you know, but then you go, okay, I'm just, I'm just that circular reasoning, isn't it? You know, what's yeah. the potential of anything? The potential of someone to win a fight, the potential of someone to be successful on a test. Um, yeah. You know, what is the intellectual potential? Question. It's just like, it's just like, what could you possibly do theatrically with these images? And you'll see most students, the average was 1.9 out of two. So most students got full marks for that one. Yeah, absolutely. And then 1B that uh, they would explain how the actors would use the playmaking technique of improvisation to explore responses to that dramatic potential. Um, and they had to refer to one dramatic element as well. So it's vital that you actually know the playmaking techniques and that you know the dramatic elements. Uh, and if you, know, if you get that wrong, if you put an expressive skill in there instead or a production area in there instead, because you're confused or you forget, uh, then that's obviously gonna mean you can't get full marks. Yeah. Uh, and here so you had to actually discuss an improvisation activity. Yeah, yeah. It says here that some students, um, you know, didn't discuss improvisation and instead had the other ones in their minds that they wanted to talk about. But you, as we said before, you can't make something fit. You have to use what the question is asking you to use. And there's a great list of actually uh, different activities for every playmaking uh, technique. Uh, on the VCAA website, which I'll link in the description as well. Lots of things to link this episode. Um, yeah. but there'll be a link in it and they give you a list of different things you could, uh, you could explore in each area. 
Mm. And if you're struggling to think of what improvising techniques are, there are some great resource, resources online, including the Improv Encyclopedia. If you just Google Improv Encyclopedia, you see, you'll get a whole list of improvisations that you can do. Um, these ones are specific ones for you know, um, realizing dramatic potential, but you know, there's, there's so many, and, and my students usually make a list of their top five ones that they love to talk about. Yeah, um, and one thing to add here is that some students didn't properly read the question. Uh, which came out, which meant they didn't, they overlooked certain requirements of the question. So if you, you know, if you don't yet or haven't planned on bring in different colored highlighters into the exam, so you can highlight the vital parts of the question and you can even go through afterwards and make sure that you've actually hit each part of that. That's yeah. a strategy that many of my students use to make sure that they uh, articulate every part of the question that is expected. Yeah. Now, part C was essentially, it's a longer question. I won't read the whole parts out, but if I can paraphrase, it essentially asks you to communicate time and place and you have to use a convention to do that. And you can't be transformation of character, time, place. It can't be symbol. So you've got to use a convention to show time and place. And choosing Once, that convention is going to be important. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to choose the right convention. Um, um, and, and uh, you know, if you're just familiar with a convention that you've been using in your, in your solo, but it's not going to work to show time and place, then don't try and force it to make it fit. Really have a broad understanding of all the conventions um, so that you can use that convention to, um, to answer this question properly. Even reflect on some of the solos that your friends did in class and your classmates did. Like, this is a time to go, okay, I'm going to borrow from what I've learned throughout a year. Uh, it's not just about what you have done throughout your year, but the experiences you've had and the plays you've watched and, and the workshops that you've been involved in with your teachers. This is a, a time to go, all right, let's take that knowledge that I've accumulated and apply it here rather than hope you're going to get the right questions, right? Mm. The, I love it. It says here, conventions such as placards, signs, direct address, narration, stylized movement were good choices. You can imagine how placards and signs could very easily communicate time and place, how direct address could commu communicate time and place. Um, stylized movements harder, but um, but also you can imagine, you know, if your um, if your time and place is, for example, a, a dream that dreamlike movements that's kind of surreal and slow could help communicate that as well. Absolutely, or song, uh, sound. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, question one D, and this asked uh, students to think about how the entire ensemble group of actors would transform time or place at the same moment in a performance. And I know that this came up as an issue uh, for lots of people that they didn't actually move at the same time, or there wasn't a clear understanding of how you would use timing uh, to move at the same time or focus to, to move at the same time. Mm, uh, I think that's what they want. With this okay. question and with a lot of these questions, you can think back to your own ensemble that you did back probably in term one or term two and think back to how did you transform time and place as an ensemble and can you use what you did as part of your answer? And is that by giving a, a clear cue through song or music? Is that by, you know, one of your ensemble members banging the floor with a prop and then you're all turning at the same time? Or is, mm. is there something that could clearly indicate a time where it occurs and then what happens afterwards, cause and effect? Yeah. And the likelihood of them asking this exact same question, uh, again, is very low. But as you just said, reflect on the ensemble that you've done and that you should be in a good place. Yeah, it says here high scoring responses uh, were very specific and detailed and they, um, and they use things like tableaus or actors creating sound to depict the passing of time or, or visual symbolism um, to convey a change of place. I love that. Um, I think using action to show how you transform time and place as well could be really easy 
um, or a really good way to to to, uh, to show it. Uh, and and low correct scoring responses got confused. They didn't know the difference between a dramatic element and a performance skill, or they didn't actually answer the full question. So hopefully anyone yeah. listening to this isn't going to be the kind of person that would overlook a question uh, or overlook yeah. a, a certain part of a question, but really make sure you know the difference. That was the advice yeah. at the start. Some tips for me for me for writing this part of the, the exam is is really be descriptive. Imagine you're you're painting a picture for someone who's never seen theatre before. Okay, so you really have to paint. You know, you might say like rather than the character walks across stage, you might say the character, um, you know, delicately tiptoes across stage, each leg reaching out in agonisingly slow sweeping motions. So be as as descriptive as possible. Um, you know, use lots of adjectives. And that's going to help them know that you have a strong vocabulary and that you understand your craft. That's right. Question 1E was um, was exploring a conflict that um, happens in the story. You had to state the conflict. And then you had to talk about how the actors will select another dramatic element to manipulate um, that explores the character's reactions to the conflict. Um, and again, many students overlook the word evaluate. They did not evaluate in this yeah, response. You see the word evaluate, highlight it, circle it put a big exclamation mark next to it, but note that it is indeed there. So essentially the question was, um, you had to evaluate on how the second dramatic element engaged the audience in an intentional way and describe how the actors use the dramatic element in the scene. Yeah, so once so, intentional and specific, so you have to be intentional and specific, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So it's important to know, you know your dramatic elements in, um, and have good examples of how you can use um, you know, sound or how you can use tension how you can use um, climax or conflict and manipulate that in an ensemble performance think about how you use those things in your own ensemble and hopefully you can transpose that across this answer and another high scoring a bit of advice from this document is thinking about where the actors are placed around or next to the audience how do the actors and audience inter interrelate and how does the how do the actors actually affect the audience what effect do they have what is elicited from the audience yeah and I think um, it says here that low scoring responses most merely provided narrative ideas rather than a practical application of how the transformation would be created. So essentially students there are just listing like ideas, but not actually describing a specific moment and painting that picture for the readers. Yeah. Once again, the walking across the stage compared to that gingerly tiptoeing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we jump into that solo performance. And again, you, you might want to look at the stimulus images. There are four images and one poem for this uh, part of the exam and realizing that we're actually doing a solo. So yeah. we're not doing an ensemble anymore and realizing the difference there that you are no longer doing an ensemble. So you want to avoid talking about multiple actors or think people doing things, uh, sorry, two different characters doing two different things at the same time, because that's just not possible with a solo performance. You want to imply constantly that there is one actor in the space creating this solo. Yeah. So first question here is really, again, it's an easy one it's to mark out. You have to do some brainstorming. Um, now you would have done brainstorming before and you'll be very familiar with how to brainstorm. But if you're not, um, there's, there's all kinds of techniques to brainstorm. The, the most obvious one and the one that students use the most is the sort of visual mind map, starting with your idea or theme in the center and then branching out in different directions and, and exploring things in that way. 
but um, maybe a Venn diagram is another way, another good way to, to brainstorm as well, to break up your information. Yeah, contrasting lists, stream of yeah. consciousness, an anti-storm, or you can do um, a person storm where you imagine you're a certain person brainstorming. So you're thinking, mm. you know, how would Oprah Winfrey think about this idea? <laughs> yeah. How and would Genghis Khan think about this idea? Yeah. You'll see most, most students got that right. 1.9 out of out of um some of them didn't link it directly to a symbol so they just did a brainstorm and didn't you know highlight the symbols that they would use or indicate them in the brainstorm yeah um question well part b to the question is i'm talking about improvisation again so here's that improvisation you know the second question that outlines that you need to talk about it so your your knowledge of like how to improvise needs to be better than just you know what improvisation means but you actually have to have um you have to have like activities and um, workshops and, and good improvisations ready to go that you could use in this question. They so, suggest spontaneous extended improvisations, trialing different ways of presenting a scene, such as only using mime or gesture and experimenting with different performance styles, conventions or dramatic elements and exploring personification. So bringing trees to life or footprints to life or different things from the image. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to it, improvisation is a tool to explore. So it's not a means uh, it's not the end of the product, if that makes sense. So you're not saying, oh, I will improvise and then find out this. You're actually saying, well, how will I find out, um, you know, the contrast between the characters of the child and the other? Well, and how can improvisation help me find that contrast? So, um, you know, a, a hot seat could be a great way of doing this. A hot seat is when you have to, you sit in a seat and the, and the ensemble fires questions at you and you have to answer as the character um, of the child or as the character of the other. Maybe you imbue some emotions on top of it. So you have to have some, um, you know, uh, angry emotions for one character and and sad emotions for another. And you explore the contrast there. That could be just one way of doing it. Yeah. And you could explore gibberish to get rid of language. Um, and if you're exploring voice, talk about accent, pitch, diction, projection, tone. And when exploring movement, you can discuss repetition, exaggeration, Laban's eight efforts, gait, posture, stance, etc. So know the difference in terminology between describing voice and describing movement and describing facial expressions. Those are going to be vital. So you're not, you're not limited to just one thing. Mm. And if you really want to expand your knowledge of improvisation, um, do some reading, but there, there is short form improvisation is, um, is you know short sharp activities that you can do um, to explore an idea or a concept, and then they've got long form improvisation as well, where you you improvise and you return to stories over and over and over again, develop them and extend them. Um, so that's another great way that you can talk about improv as well. Great. And they said that uh, question two C was relatively well answered, although as you said, the average mark is two point one. So as I said, yes, that um, majority of students were able to apply the playmaking technique of scripting. So this was a scripting question where they uh, asked you to discuss a specific moment and script it out, and you could use dialogue or stage directions. And that comes to you literally having the idea and bringing it to life that moment where the child uh, and the, the so the child transforms to the other. And an important note here, I think, is that they were very specific about the child transforming to the other. So anyone that answered in their response with the other transforming into the child were not able to get full marks. So yeah. even though their idea could be brilliant, yeah. yeah, read, read, read the question. If you get that wrong, you can't get full marks for this question. Yeah. Which and once would... again, you see here, um, better responses clearly explained how the transformation of character would occur. 
So um, you have to, once again, you have to become a master. The, the biggest skill you have to master in the drama exam is being clear in your descriptions about what happens on stage and not being vague, not being generalized, not, um, not being simplified, but detailed and specific is really and concise. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they give you very few lines. You might they see in the drama it. exam, it's short. They're not, they, they want you to be succinct and clear. Yeah. And these exams are tried and tested for the amount of space. So you should be writing within that space. If you are writing on a separate page, you're writing too much unless your writing is huge and you need that space. But um, yeah, you should be able to fit it into the space. That's what they're saying. We want you to fit it into this space is what they're saying. So practice, 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 right? Yeah, that's right. And also this, that goes for um, not filling it up. Like if you're only filling up half the space, you can pre pretty much guarantee it, unless your writing is tiny that you're not writing enough. Yeah. Uh, um, 2D uh, was uh, reasonably tricky uh, for people with the average of 2.3 marks out of four yeah. possible marks. Uh, and they even says it was difficult because it actually asked students to, we talked about this in, the, in our last episode uh, on the exam, that it, ne it necessitated reflection on the ideas developed in question 2A. And it was challenging because they had to refine their application of symbols. So they had to kind of imagine what it was and then they had to think of how they would make it better and clearer. Yeah, I also think that students sometimes forget that these questions are continuations of an idea they're not separate questions and separate ideas. So anything is because it's two A, B, C, D, E. So you're constantly evolving an idea. So you should be referring back to things you've stated previously and building upon those, not starting the slate clean every answer and writing about a new thing. Yeah, and it should feel like one idea. It yeah, should almost feel like you're, you're reflecting on an ensemble you did at the start of the year. Obviously, don't talk in the past tense. You want to talk about what will happen, but think of it as a completed idea. If you were just given your ensemble from the start of this year and asked to write how you did it, you should be able to do that because that was actually a sack. Uh, that, was, that was part of, <laughs> of your learning. So uh, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you to recreate your sack in, in, in many ways to say, yeah. if you were given a stimulus material, what would you do? How would you go about creating it? Yeah. Um, and I also think it's really important to understand how to talk about performance skills. I think a lot of students don't really know how to talk about energy, timing, or actor-audience relationship, the manipulation of actor-audience relationship. Um, you know, if you're talking about energy, how do you discuss that? You've got to talk about intensity of that energy or the, the subtleness of the energy. Um, timing, there's so many ways you can talk about timing as well, but have a, have a little bank, a little glossary bank for energy, timing, actor-audience relationship, et cetera. Um, what's the fourth performance skill that I'm forgetting right now? Uh, timing, energy, uh, feta, focus, energy, timing, actor, audience, relationship. <laughs> focus, that's right. So have have a, a, you know, a list of terminology that you can use to discuss focus. You know, focus, we always talk about like, you know, inward focus, outward focus, focus on a specific, um, you know, small detail or focus that's, um, that's generalized out above, you know, the audience or whatever it might be. Have lists of things that, and ways that you can discuss these things. I think it's really important. Um, and then 2E, also, sorry, a low-scoring response is, once again, forgot that it was a solo piece. Remember, oh, yeah. it's... It, it, lots of other characters. Yeah, they talked about other characters in the in the work or other actors in the space, or they got the dramatic element um, or a production area rather than a performance skill. So you want to make sure you're getting feta. Remember, feta cheese, mm-mm-mm, F-E-T-A, focus, energy, timing, actor, audience, relationship. There's also fate and tafe. There's lots of different... Uh, There's so many ways of thinking Yes, exactly right. Uh, last question on the exam, Woo! which is 2E, which, which the average score was 2.9, which means out of a six-mark question, that means most people got uh, 
they found this question to me the most challenging. Or they leave it to last and they don't get, you know, time doesn't allow them to finish it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And they had to get conventions. So make sure you know the conventions. They had to show a climactic moment of the ensemble as well. And uh, the the great answers were the ones where the symbols were uh, really specific and clear, uh, like you were talking about tying the knot or using costuming or colours. The ones that are harder to bring to life are those abstract or thematic concepts that are actually difficult to physicalise, that it would take a lot for the audience to understand the symbol. The assessors have said here that, that students were really um, found this question challenging. They were unable to address the multiple aspects that were required. I think sometimes it's, when you're writing, it's easy to lose track of how many aspects of larger questions you have to include. So I think it's a really good idea to almost put numbers, one, two, and three. If there's like three things you have to do in the question, number them so you know that you have to keep addressing them. You know, you've got your convention, you've got your communication of meaning, and you've got the symbol. You know, you've got multiple layers of things you have to do. Uh, the high scoring responses revealed a thorough and insightful understanding of how the actors would manipulate conventions and show the climactic moment in the performance. Uh, these students demonstrated a clear understanding of how to apply symbol to communicate meaning. So not just I have a symbol, but what does it communicate? And they supplied uh, perceptive explanations supported by pertinent examples. So once again, clear examples that are detailed and thoughtful. Mm. I think symbol is one of the hardest things to discuss in drama, but once you get your head around it, I think it can be really um, easy as well. What would you use, Nick, if you were going to um, use symbol? What would your, your go-to symbol usually be? Uh, well, this we, these were four images of the garden and, and a poem. Um, and I think an intelligent symbol for this case would be to talk about the possibility of climate change and the effect that humans have on the climate uh, because there's this great image of footprints and car prints in the dirt and this mirrored reflection looking up at us so nature is saying have a look at yourself reflect on yourself think about what how your impact has on the world and the idea of this footprint in the mud in this beautiful natural environment i'd be talking about our impact and how we affect uh, and can affect change and the idea of the child and the other and how they may reflect that yeah, got a great symbol. I would definitely have gone down that path as well. It always just depends on the images there and what's going on. But it's, I mean, as you said, what do you go to? You go to the removal of a costume or the shift of a costume. So I'm in this heavy labored costume or it, it's really tight or it's up to my neck. And then I finally can unbutton it and release it and then reveal a different color underneath or a more flowy um, outfit underneath to show my change from being restricted to being free. Like that, that's yeah. it. You know. Yeah. If that's what you meant by your question, sorry, I think I misinterpreted your question. No, you're spot on. Like, I think I would do the same. You could do the opposite, right? You could do um, you know, layering on things, like adding um, elements of burden, like to your shoulders, and like adding, you know, trash and and maybe a costume designed out of like man-made things that impact the environment that slowly weigh you down and and break you apart, or or you know, using color and paint maybe on the on the solo performer to um to paint themselves into. You know, uh, as life renews, maybe painting their fingertips green. And, you know, there could, there's so many ways you could answer for symbol, I think. Yeah, and try to be really clear with your examples. Yeah. All righty. So that is the the advice document for from the 2019 exam. Hopefully it helps us this year for our 2020 uh, written exam. Hopefully we can at very least listen to that advice about knowing the difference between those different elements of drama and understanding the terminology and make sure you read the question. Of course. Good luck to everyone who's taking the exam and hopefully the exam treats you kinder than 2020 has. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Brendan Carroll. That's okay. See you later.
that's all from us at the aside. Remember, there are a load of links in the description of this episode today, so feel free to go through those and find something that you need to help you with your exam at the end of the year. If you'd like to ask the Aside Podcast a question, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week and we are always happy to help. The Aside Podcast has recently hit 70,000 listens. It's a huge thanks to everyone who tunes in weekly, monthly or occasionally. Without you, the Aside Podcast would not be possible. Big thanks to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, to Eltham College for letting us record here, and of course, thank you for listening.